0: But I'll just say that it's probably the better handled colorism episode that any of these shows have even attempted.
1: Hello, everyone, this is Alex. And this is Em. Welcome to the latest episode of The Good, The Bad, The Basic. This is the podcast for TV lovers, movie buffs, and binge watchers of all ages. On this podcast, we'll be discussing what we love, what we hate, and what was just a bit problematic about the TV and movies that we're addicted to. And do a bit of rewriting where necessary.
0: For much more exclusive content, become a show producer on Patreon and get access to after-the-episode bonuses, curated playlists, movie reviews, music video retrospectives, and so much more. Join the GBB family at patreon.com forward slash good bad basic.
1: Today we'll be discussing stars' hit sitcom Survivor's Remorse.
0: Survivor's Remorse tells the story of a young basketball player who must struggle with the weight of family obligations and professional expectations after he signs a multi-million dollar contract with an NBA team in Atlanta. We follow the show's protagonist, Cam Calloway, as he tries to navigate being kind and helpful without becoming a pushover and a human ATM.
1: Survivor's remorse manifests when a person feels guilt over being the sole survivor of a traumatic or life-threatening situation. In this series, we see a much more relatable version of the term applied when dealing with the various trauma that cyclical poverty can inflict upon families, and the way that stark socioeconomic disparities can affect families and relationships.
0: Black family sitcoms are a television institution. So, what makes Survivors More stand out among the pack?
1: Stay tuned. <laughs>
0: So We've gone over um, the premise of Survivor's Remorse. Let's get into some details about the show. The show is um, labeled as a sitcom, sports sitcom, family sitcom, although it, honestly, for those who've watched the show or are thinking about watching the show, it is much more of a comedic drama than a sitcom and we'll get into that as we discuss the seasons the creator of survivor's remorse is mike o'malley the series aired from october 4th 2014 to october 15th 2017 and lasted four seasons and a total of 36 episodes the series stars jesse t usher as cam calloway ron rako lee as reggie vaughn cam's cousin erica ash as mary charles calloway aka m chuck who is cam's half-sister tiana paris as missy vaughn reggie's wife to arnold as cassie calloway cam's mother megan tandy as allison pierce cam's girlfriend robert wu as dachin bao cassie's boyfriend mike epps as uncle julius And Chris Bauer as Jim Flaherty. So this is our core cast of characters that we're going to be seeing the most of um, seasons one through four. I want to say personally, um, before I even say anything else, this show is absolutely my favorite show with the exception of Malcolm in the Middle, which is a true sitcom. This is my favorite show that we have reviewed thus far. So Alex, why don't you jump in with your thoughts on season one?
1: Well, right. Well, before we get into season one, just some stuff. Uh, Survivor's Remorse was one of LeBron James's first outings as like a as a producer. This Survivor's Remorse is produced by his um, production company, and this was sort of his like first, you know, foray into the sort of like television game. It created um, the creator and the producer is Michael Malley, which is Kurt Hummel's dad. Ongli, um, which is also cool. And Survivor's Remorse also boasts sort of um uh, Cord Jefferson from Gawker, who wrote for the series. If you're familiar with his like sort of writing, he was like popular, and also this was one of Tracy Oliver's first jobs after. Misadventures of Awkward Black Girl. So Survivors and Morse is really cool in that, in that you sort of have all this emerging talent and these people um, really uh, – y- you sort of see, like, the burgeoning work of, like, a bunch of your, your faves. And, and now I think people who are, like, you know, really n- – up in the world and movers and seekers like Tracy Oliver is obviously um like a huge deal now she's lots of stuff in development um and I think Cord Jefferson is now writing for uh Mad Men not Mad Men Watchmen on HBO he's um that's his job so he and which is a big critically acclaimed series and a lot of people really really like it so Seeing that and so watching survivors of Mars and being able to watch like and see sort of like their early work is pretty cool.
0: Right. And Tracy Oliver went on to watch Girls Trip for those who have seen that movie. So um, obviously she knows what she's doing. Um, When I got into season one of this show, I was super duper impressed with the writing. The premise I thought was really interesting, and I said this to Alex when we were having a private conversation, when I mentioned that um, this show is so perfect um, on the based on the premise alone, because a lot of people will use the excuse of, well, this is not relatable for black people to not cast black characters in a series but survivors remorse and the story of cam calloway who literally from, went from rags to riches and brought his family with him based off the strength of his athletic prowess and getting a a college scholarship and then later an nba contract this is actually the story of many many black families um there are many professional athletes who have this same story, whether they be in the NBA or the NFL or what have you. So I was very impressed with that. And then as soon as I got into the writing, I was, by episode two, I couldn't stop watching the show. It was that good.
1: Yeah, the show is really good. Sometimes I think the show can be a bit talky in the way. um, And when I say talky, like, I mean, exactly that. I think it can be, it's just really talky, but that's not necessarily a knock on it. Other shows that, that Survivor's Remorse like reminds me of in terms of like the talkiness of it is like Dear White People. Dear White People is also like a really talky show. It's fine. I don't, I don't mind it. I think it's fine for, for what it is. I definitely don't like prefer talky shows, but it's, it's, this is, this is good. This is, this is fine.
0: So let's just jump into some of the things that happen in season one. Obviously, in season one, we meet our protagonist, Cam. We meet Reggie, who is not just his cousin, but his manager. And for me, like, I was already, like, walking on eggshells when I heard that his cousin was his manager. Because a lot of times, that shit does not pan out so well. Having your family members be your employees. But very quickly, I realized that Reggie is... Reggie is really a commendable person in so so many more ways than one. Reggie really has Cam's back. Reggie wants to be a great businessman and eventual entrepreneur. And he's using his, you know, being his cousin's manager as a springboard for his own personal um, endeavors and aspirations. But he's not one to give Cam intentionally bad advice or lead him astray Or, you know, um, let Cam leave opportunities on the table or anything like that. As you watch Cam and Reggie's dynamic, I thought that was really great because cam is definitely can be reggie's heart and reggie is definitely in many instances cam's brain (laughs) which is not to say cam is stupid or that reggie is heartless but reggie is a businessman first and cam is a do-gooder first and they really balance each other out which is a really great relationship to watch
1: we learned through like the course of the series that they they're cousins but they there are those cousins that grew up together and we friends from childhood so and we're always in each other's lives so they're effectively almost in a sense brothers which which is which is interesting which is a cool dynamic and it's great to watch between them
0: i really liked watching that as well um because i, I feel like this is very common in black communities um you know cousins that are more like siblings so Reggie's mother was the was the the other sister of Julius and Cassie, who passed many 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 years ago. And so, um, even the way Cassie cheats Reggie as well is like she would she cheats her children, Cam and M. Chuck. Uh, Cam's sister is a few years older than him, and she's a really great addition to the show as well. Um, She's hilarious. The character is hilarious, and the actress who plays her, Erica Ashe, has great comedic timing. Um, They also explore how the Black community deals with gay and lesbian people through the Mary Charles character, because she is a lesbian. So I thought that was a really great um, springboard, like, not just bring in a supporting character who's gay or lesbian, and then talk about it for one episode and be done with it. It, It's... Becomes a sort of recurring issue through the Mary Charles character, which I thought was really, really well handled. Cam's mother, played by Tachana Arnold, is also a really great character. And she plays the character so well because Cassie's hilarious when she needs to be, but there are so many beautiful episodes and great scenes where Cassie is more serious that are like just punch you in the chest in the very best possible way. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, Tashina uh, Arnold is an actress, like capital A C T R E S S. Um, she's a heavy, heavy hitter. She's been in the game for an extremely long time. She is uh, so good. So and so, it's great to. Um, it's great to see her in this. I listen. I'm delighted anytime I see her on my screen. Uh, you guys, to and Arnold, if you don't know um, a bit about her career, that's uh, Everybody Hates Chris, Martin, any black comedic film that you've like ever watched. I don't know. Uh, so then, the sort of last person to round out this family is is Uncle Julius, played by you know Mike Epps. Mike Epps, also somebody who who's. I've been in the game for like a really long time and I like uncle Julius. He's, he's exactly what his na- name sounds like. He's like your inappropriate uncle,
0: not you- inappropriate in the sexual context. I just want to point that out.
1: <laughs> yeah. Not appropriate in that way, but just uh, inappropriate in all the other ways
0: i love the uncle julius character um he was my favorite character um, for a minute on that show um but yeah um he he has this really crazy relationship with his sister cassie they're obviously siblings but they interact more like best friends and he has a really great relationship with you know his nieces reggie and cam and his nephew m chuck um he definitely doesn't play the role of a quote unquote father figure, but more like an adult friend, um, which is really cool to watch. I thought this character was just a really great addition to the family and added a lot of levity mm. to a lot of the situations in the first two seasons. There is an episode, um, and I thought this episode was was funny because the The actor who guest stars on the show, um, I didn't look up his name, but he is now a principal character on The Shy. He plays a kid with a serious brain disorder who basically wakes up from a coma and um, ends up spending the day with um, Cam and his family. And... Um, He's like 14, 15 years old. And he's like, listen, I'm not really trying to learn how to shoot free throws. I just want to, I might die any day now. I just want to see a woman naked. And this this episode is like deeply inappropriate, but also hilarious at the same time, which is really hard to do. So from a writing perspective, I was like, okay, like I'm, I'm going to give y'all like, you know, a gold star for that one. This was episode three. <laughs> And I want to say um, episode six was probably one of the more serious episodes of season one where Cam's um, friend from high school, who is an ex-con, who's also bipolar, uh, approaches him for a tryout for a D-list team. And then when Cam goes to Reggie to set it up and Reggie does, because Reggie's a good manager and a good friend, this guy bails um, like he's he has an opportunity right in his face and he bails. And I think if we're being honest, that's a lot of people's stories. They say they want something, but then when they get the opportunity to have that thing, they're really not ready for it. Um, that that wasn't a sad episode to see because this person was literally looking a gift horse in the mouth, but sometimes that's the way the cookie crumbles. Um, I think these are some of the standout episodes for me for season one. This and episode six, when Reggie's ex comes back and we realize that his ex-girlfriend cheated on him with Cam and that the fact that he's such a good friend and such a good manager to Cam. Like we thought Reggie was a good person before, but now he we realized he's a great
1: person. <laughs> right. Oh, okay. and shout
0: out to that actress who plays Adina. She's now on um Black Lightning as Black Lightning's eldest daughter.
1: What I like about it is like when it happens, it's sort of like everybody, you know, talks about Oh no, like it's Adina. Yeah, the way that Reggie sort of has like this history with her in that he he's always just taken in by her, like she's just this person he can't say no to or can't really help himself getting involved with no matter what. He always sort of goes back to her. And by this time, like Reggie's married to Missy and everybody's sort of like nervous. When they hear that she's in town, there's like a whole thing about meeting at a diner. But what I love about it, uh, one of the things I really, really love about it is that I think Reggie goes and he like drives by the diner, but he never actually goes in. It underscores this thing that people say and like that we say and that or that there's there's absolutely nothing that can break a relationship that uh, is already strong. I like it for that reason.
0: Reggie and Missy's relationship is actually one of like definitely top two, if not number one, aspect of the show that I love the most. Reggie is in love, and it's not just like honeymoon phase type of love. They've been married for a few years when the show opens, and what I love about Missy and Reggie's relationship, well, there's a few things. Um, they clearly love each other a lot they care they clearly cl- care about each other a lot they support each other's dreams even when they're fighting they never say things to each other that one might regret later like even when they're raising their voices they never talk down to or degrade each other And they also can't keep their hands off each other. So it's not just a matter of strong feelings. They have a really strong passion and um, sexual chemistry with each other. That's really great and refreshing to watch. We do see that Reggie, you know, has this thing with Adina, but it's not what his family thinks anymore. It's not this, I'm so in love with her, I can't think straight anymore. What Reggie's really dealing with is, you know, this unresolved betrayal and hurt that he felt when she cheated that the series lets you believe like he's still it's something he's still upset about but he's no longer in love with adina he's in love with his wife and that that is like laid on the table like there's no ambiguity about it missy is where his focus is so i thought that was really really great
1: towards like so For the most part, season one is like just sort of getting us introduced to this family and the show talks about a lot of stuff. There was an episode where they sort of talk about Cam being like uh, spanked when he was younger and the sort of politics of that, the ethics of it, but then also having this thing play out in a really public way.
0: I thought that I thought that was handled well. So, in other shows, what I loved about Survivor's Remorse, like, and this is throughout, in other shows, they will show you, like, a character, like, um, learning and growing and admitting that they were in the wrong. This happens sometimes on Survivor's Remorse. It doesn't happen all the time. Sometimes what happens is um, um, people will just pretend to have learned and grown and, like, give fake apologies um, to save face, which I thought was very real, a very realistic showing, um, even if it's not what we would have wanted. Cam's mom gets called out for spanking him when he was a kid, and she knows what she has to do, but her opinion doesn't change. I would have liked it if her opinion hasn't changed, because personally I'm not a proponent of spanking either. But I thought that this was great in showcasing how A lot of times celebrities and their entourage Will just say whatever they have to say To their viewing public So that they can go on with their lives And this isn't even The last time that we'll deal with something like this On the show, someone giving an apology That they don't actually really feel Season 1 I thought was Really, really well done Um, We meet the Bao Chen Dao character Who will become a love interest for Cassie At the end of season 1 When he, Cam, and Reggie go into business together so you know we're bringing in this new character at the end of season one which i thought was also really good placement so season one was really good for me what did you think of season one alex good bad or basic
1: it's good it's a solid good yeah i think the show has a handle on like what it wants to do i think like the characters are like very clear it's and it's it's good
0: so let's jump into season two. Season two is ten episodes, and this will be the or- the episode order for seasons two through four. Ten episodes long. Um, I am impressed by how much they can do with these brief episode orders. And shows like this have shows like this and Instant Star, which will be reviewed later, have kind of spoiled me. I-, I don't even think I have the stamina for twenty two episodes a season anymore. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> Um, but
1: yeah, let's jump into season two. Yeah, so season two is, first. so first season they're living like in a really huge sort of penthouse apartment, but by season two, they've upgraded to a really huge um, just home, like a mansion, suburbs of Atlanta. How, how that comes about is is funny within and of itself, that episode. They think that they're, they try to like hustle it, They try to hustle the price down to be, like... Because the owner is, like, a white woman. And they try to hustle the the price down and try to frame it as, like, oh, it's, like, reparations, girl. Like, that's why you should give us this house for cheap. And um, she then busts out her portrait of, like, I guess her ancestor who was, like, ancestor who was just, like, this light-skinned black guy. So then they're, like, oh, shit. Uh, So, yeah. so But they basically find them living in this... Everybody's living in this house and, um, except for Reggie and Missy, because please, no, um, particularly if, you know, when we get a bit in more into Missy, (laughs) like, please never in her whole life.
0: Yeah. Um, I want to touch on something you just mentioned about Reggie and Missy. I. I, they so they never lived with the family since they've been in Atlanta they've had their own space which I really really loved too many of these shows we trying to have the, all the family members under one roof so that they can handle the storyline better but this show doesn't drop the ball we are just as integrated with the family that lives in Cam's home as we are with Reggie with Reggie and Missy's home which I thought was nice like y'all grown you're married you need to be in your own
1: house <laughs> Right yeah uh and when we see Missy's background or when we get a bit more into Missy's background which we do in season one because there's an episode in season one where Reggie's going gone to this country club and there are all these like really unspoken and or, he, or he's like applying for membership and you know there are all these unspoken rules to like wealth and having it and being in certain circles and Missy is. Because Missy comes from wealth, she helps him navigate how to do that. Missy comes from wealth, so she would not uh, be living with everybody under one roof. She doesn't know that life. I love
0: the Missy character. And I think that a character like Missy, handled by the wrong writers or the wrong team, could have gone so left so fast. But the show really makes Missy... For me personally, anyway, like a really lovable, really likable character. Missy does come from wealth. Her parents are wealthy. And I think a lot of times when, like, people in the black community, particularly black men, say things like, you need to build with your man, you need to hold him down while he's getting himself together, like, they're talking about men with no ambition and no goals and no, no, n- who aren't really making any moves. Um, but for me, Missy is like the the polar opposite of that. She is with Reggie, even though Reggie doesn't come from money, but she sees what the audience quickly sees. Reggie's a go-getter. Reggie's ambitious. Reggie is smart. Reggie has good instincts. So it's, she's, it's not exactly a chore to be with him because she's not out here financially supporting Reggie. She is offering emotional support and, um, you know, her own insight from having grown up wealthy to help him. But this is not a situation where she is, you know, treating a grown man like he's a child. Reggie is doing for himself. And I really liked seeing that. I like seeing their relationship and how they kind of bounce ideas off each other. They have a really great partnership, you guys. Emphasis on partnership.
1: Absolutely, um, and you're right. I think the Missy character in in, uh, in different hands would be would probably be disastrous. Missy's played by um, the incomparable uh, Tiona Paris, who I feel like I've been personally on like a one woman campaign for Tiona Paris for several years now. But um, in terms of her acting talent, she just has a lot of range. I think she's extremely talented, but she's played by Tiona Paris, and Tiona Paris really, I think strikes along with the the writers strike a really excellent chord with missy missy is is what i imagine you know i think missy is what like white people think they're writing like when they write black women Mm. but they're not (laughs) <laughs> like does that make any sort of sense
0: yes i can i can absolutely see that like when they're when they're when they're writing wealthy black women in particular but like it's literally just wealth in blackface it isn't wealth with black experiences and i think that's what makes missy different
1: she's very like lovable and she's sort of she's not whimsical because she's very thoughtful but she does have her own sort of prejudices and biases that like hurt her which we see in season two um season two, Reggie will manage for a small time, Reggie goes to manage this other athlete who is not a basketball player, he's a football player, um, named Jupiter, because Jupiter's manager is um <laughs> a mess. A mess. <laughs> <laughs> like a whole, like, mess. There's this test. There's, like, this IQ test that he has to take because the NFL is racist. Missy assumes that she's just going to do amazing on it or that she'll be, like, way smarter than him. And she's not. She gets humbled. And for a minute, it throws herself, her sense of self into whack. It humbles her versus, like, annihilating her or, like, punishing her which I feel is is always what happens on, like, white shows with white writers. Like, they think that they'll be humbling a Black female character, but they don't They don't humble. They just—they usually punish.
0: Right. The IQ test episode was super funny. I have to go on record, though, to say for the audience, like, IQ test doesn't actually measure your intelligence. It just measures your intellectual potential. Um, and this is why we see a character like Jupiter who— is has like this super high iq but like is really like not smart and missy has a much lower iq than him but is like really really intelligent and we can talk about their environments and how she had parents who pushed her academically and he did not but yeah um, you don't have to have the highest iq to have a good life and to be book learned i just want to put that out there
1: Right, which is what essentially the show says. Um, and that episode sort of highlights uh which is cool. Yeah, so let's talk about this Chen character for a minute. The Chen character is where I think the show makes its sort of biggest misstep. It's difficult, um, in a sense, because Chen is and will go on to be throughout the run of this series. Like he is a full character, he has a lot of thoughts, things for himself, he has his own sort of foibles. Chen is a, he's a Chinese billionaire who owns like a sports sneaker company and he offers Cam a huge like sort of deal. The episode within and of itself is great. It's essentially between like Chen, uh, Chen's company and Nike in terms of like who Cam is going to sign with. And and Cam ultimately signs with Chen's company because it's a, it's a better deal. Chen then sort of ends up falling for, Cam's mother, Cassie. And they embark on a, a relationship that's really wonderful. But the Cheney character himself has problems. He has this sort of like breakfast at Tiffany's stereotypical like accent that's really rough. And my thing is, personally, is that like accents within and of themselves are not bad. People have accents. My mom, who's from a different country, has an accent. But it's all about how they're used, how they're deployed and like if they make sense for the character. Chen uh will lear- will learn to find out throughout the run of the series is wealthy and he was born wealthy. His parents are very wealthy. He comes from old Chinese money. I think in the poker episode they he will remark that he went to boarding school in Switzerland. So it doesn't make sense that he has this like affected um this affected, uh, accent. And then even just from personal experience, I know lots of like, particularly like the rich Chinese immigrants who have every resource available to them. They speak perfect English. Um, it's really hard to tell like that they're not from the U S proper, if not, uh, some other English speaking country. So it is uncomfortable, but the Chen character is, like, a, a a well-written character. It's a deep character. It's just that accent that mm-hmm. that bugs. And in the interest of keeping that same energy, like, just because this is a story about a Black family and lots of Black writers worked on this doesn't mean, like, we we stop thinking about, well, is this something that's, like, fair and all that stuff. But the relationship between Chen and, and Cassie is really great.
0: Right. Um, Chen's accent is troublesome for the reason that, that Alex stated. I do think that when he was brought in, and this episode where um, you know Cam signs a contract, which is for $40 million and a 6% stake in his company, this is the last episode of season one. I do think when that episode ends, um, um, aired in that character, was presented, his accent was supposed to be for comedic relief, which is racist. There's no way of getting around that. But luckily, when we come in, when we... We come into season two with the Chen character. He is fully actualized as like a whole person. And Chen's actually a really good person. And Chen and Cassie's relationship is a relationship that you really didn't see coming. But it feels so organic. And I think that's a a testament to the writing and the acting on the show. I think one of my favorite scenes with um, Cassie and Chen early on is, you know, I believe this was in episode eight or nine where they're at a, a a function, and you know she asks for chicken satay, and he says I will get you a chicken satay factory. And I was like, mm, you know what, girl, hold on to that one, <laughs> that's a keeper. <laughs> um, but he, his courtship of Cassie is really cool and really fun, and their relationship is really cool and really fun. The show actually handles the racial and cultural differences between them very well it doesn't ignore them it doesn't ignore the fact that the rest of the world has an opinion about them but they are very much themselves with each other you never feel like either one is editing their personality in order to be liked more by their partner which i thought was really really great
1: chen and cassie are fun um chen is just also fun chen's personality is like too rich to care basically (laughs)
0: Like, which is, which is great.
1: Which is great. (laughs) Like everything is just, I'm just too rich to care. Chen is great. Chen has a lot of good advice. Chen is like very smart. Chen, um, like I said, particularly like in the poker episode. So there's an episode where Reggie is invited to, uh, a poker game by Jimmy Flaherty, which is the team owner. And... All about a bunch of other really high rollers and prestigious businessmen are going to be there. And essentially, Chen and Missy nail it for what it is, which is that like this isn't an, it's, it's an audition. It's an invitation to audition to be in these big circles and how you navigate this poker game and how you play. And if you lose, all of that is going to determine whether you're here to stay which is real uh, and great and fascinating you get the sense that Chen really even that like Chen genuinely cares about Cam and Cassie's family because I think Chen even offers to go to support Reggie
0: right yeah um Chen actually is is like you know like we said really really great for Cassie but he's also really great for Cassie's family particularly Reggie who he kind of he feels an almost mentorship role with reggie in later seasons right where anytime he wants like business advice or opinions about a business move he goes to chen the way that chen treats family cassie's family is just one of the many things that makes their relationship so great they're not awkward around him and he's not awkward around them and it very much it doesn't feel like the relationship is forced at all which would be so easy to do when you think of the stark differences between the two um who they are now how they were raised they're very different people but they have this very intense connection that the writers and actors sell very very well it's very believable i believe there's chemistry between them i believe there's a lot of compassion and understanding between them like it's just so well done.
1: You'll see, like, that relationship really deepen. And you'll see the Chen character really deepen. When Uncle Julius dies, Cassie is sort of, like, grieving because she's lost, you know, her best friend. And and Chen is, like, really there for her. Like, in a way that's really, really um, beautiful. But we'll get to that. Um, we'll be getting to that very soon. But season two, some other things that happened in season two is... M. Chuck starts going to therapy, which is really great and really funny. Cam falls (laughs) in love with a a girl named Allison, and the actress who plays Allison is the same actress that's playing a whole closeted lesbian on on Batwoman.
0: Yeah. Allison is played by Megan Tandy. She is super pretty, and Uncle Julius makes a comment that I full-on agree with. He says, she looks like a Disney princess. She really does. Um, (laughs) um, She plays... um, an mri technician and a nurse um when cam meets her he has an injury he meets her um he's smitten with her he's very 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 persistent in getting a date with her but you know they end up hitting it off they're in a steady relationship and towards the end of season one he buys her a car which she rejects but the car sets off a chain of very unfortunate events Allison and Cam's relationship is really cool too because I don't I don't feel like it's as effortless as Chen and Cassie's and it definitely isn't as long as Missy and Reggie's but you really feel like you know just going in like this is probably going to be something for the long haul I really love Jesse T Usher and Megan Tandy together all the couples on this show really look comfortable together which I I value
1: the Allison Cam relationship is is an interesting one because I think like it 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 brings up the issue in terms of like what do you do when like your partner is just like I guess just the difficulties um, of dating somebody who does have like a a big job and makes way more money than you like what are like what are the boundaries in that in terms of keeping yourself and keeping them because Allison does reject the car because, like, she's, like, it's too... Because she rightfully talks about, like, it's it's too much power, right? It, mm-hmm. it says something, like, it's, like... And Cam doesn't see it that way, but Allison is right in a sense. You might feel like there's not strings attached to it, but later down the road, if we get into a fight and you bring up that you gave me this car, that's, like, it's... um That's, like, something that's gonna, like... Poke, you know? It's hard.
0: Right. We also navigate in their relationship just the trials and tribulations of dating someone who's famous. Everybody knows they're dating. People come to up to them in public and have things to say. It even changes the way that her co-workers treat her, which we'll get into later. I think one of the bigger plots of season two is that when Cam and Allison get serious, He basically has to tell her, which is the decent, mature thing to do, that he may have contracted HPV from a brief uh, sexual relationship he had with a sports reporter. He may or may not have it. He still doesn't know um, because of some of these HPV strains are asymptomatic, but he tells her and her response to his honesty is also really beautiful, but this is like one of their first major relationship hurdles. And then the car becomes like the next thing. And just the way they deal with these topics and the conversations they have, you're really rooting for Cam and Allison.
1: Definitely. Definitely. So season two ends with uncle Julius getting into a huge car accident because he's distracted while he's driving. um, And he uh, dies.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, we, we 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 knew where this was going. Like we knew he died, but he was um, uh, declared officially dead in that first episode of season three, which is where I feel like season three is where the show started to tackle even more serious subjects. But seeing Uncle Julius go was like really a gut punch for me. I thought the yeah. character was great.
1: <laughs> yeah, the character definitely. Mike Epps is so funny and he provides so much funniness and, and the character's great. But he, um, but yeah, so it's, and it's hard, but everybody deals with it.
0: Right. So what do we think of season two? Good, bad, or basic?
1: Season two is another solid good. Um, I really like the, even though like I hate the, the sports reporter plot, I, I don't like it, which is why I did not say anything about it. Um, that, like, aside, I think there's enough in terms of, like, Reggie and Missy and the whole Jupiter situation and Jupiter's manager, which is hilarious. Like, all of that makes up for it. So it it it's a solid good for me.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, yeah, for me, you don't even have to ask the whole, I think every single season of the show is good, not just the show overall, um, which I think is difficult to do, but the show pulls it off. So we jump into season three, Julius is declared dead by the doctors and everyone starts grieving in their own way. Cassie, she and Julius and their other sister were raised like, you know, loosely Catholic. She becomes much more interested in exploring Catholicism and we even see her at a children's confirmation class later in the season. M. Chuck, who had um, wanted to go back to college last season, um, basically tells her family about it. And, you know, with some help from Jimmy Flaherty, she um, goes back to school because she doesn't want To have to live off her brother. Reggie is someone who doesn't really deal with difficult situations well but you know he's grieving in his own way too Um, and it shows in like a kind of aggression that he carries with him for a little while because Julius is the closest thing he had to like a father. His own father was very abusive as we learn later. So everyone's grieving at this point and Allison is feeling a lot of guilt over rejecting cam's car which is what led to the string of events where julius um was in that accident and cam could have easily blamed her too but he doesn't which is when i i know for sure that they're gonna make it
1: (laughs) (laughs) right yeah so season three season three yeah so um, i right. Season three, of this show really starts getting starts going deeper and I think um has really found its sort of stride. I do think season three and season four are the better seasons. Just in the sense of like they just go deeper with a lot of things and there are a lot of things that happen and and it's and a lot of ideas and topics that are brought up that the show starts to think about. LeBron James makes a brief uh a brief appearance in that poker game, by the way. Um, in the previous season, so shout out if so, if you guys wanna, I don't know, watch LeBron James act or as himself, uh, <laughs> do that. One thing that's really beautiful about season three is we see like the Chen character like really take care of Cassie. Um, Cassie's lost her best friend. um, and it's hitting her really, really hard. and and Chen is really there for her in like a really great, really deep way. In terms of, um, he's not ca- loosely Catholic like they are, but he does support her in the way that he knows how and supports her in, like, his, like his sort of, like, traditional culture of how they grieve the dead, which is
0: cool. Yeah, their relationship is actually strengthened. And, you know, um, grief is funny that way because it will destroy a weak relationship, but it can strengthen a strong one. And we really see that Cassie and... And Chen's relationship can go the distance because he steps up, he steps up without being asked, he doesn't cross her personal boundaries, and um, he makes himself available to her. You know, there's different manifestations of this grief as well. Like, she starts a podcast, Things We Think That You Should Think Too, that she was going to start (laughs) with Julius. (laughs) Um, The podcast is messy in concept, but actually very thought-provoking in execution. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, She also takes an ancestry DNA test. She finds out that the bulk of her lineage is Nigerian, and she gets a very rude awakening when she realizes culture is more than just DNA.
1: (laughs) Right. She's like, I don't know if I'm about this. So let's talk about um, this photo shoot. Missy sets up a photo shoot for
0: Cam. She specifically asked for a dark-skinned model. Um, The model couldn't make it for a reason that Missy wasn't aware of until the end of the episode. And the photographer Missy hired recast a light-skinned woman, um, much lighter than the original girl that Missy had chosen. Missy comes on set late because she had a dental appointment, sees the girl when the photo shoot is more than halfway finished and, you know, tells Reggie to basically pay this girl for the day but get another model.
1: Right. And it's sort of, is like, um, the model is played by Logan Browning who is in Dear White People as Sam. So that's, it's cool to see her. Yeah. And then like, there's like a whole conversation that they have at the end of like, you just took away another opportunity. I think it's a cop out. I think the show cops out um it's not she gets paid for the day what else do you want like um you were hired by the photographer
0: right the model does say oh it isn't just about the money it's the exposure this could have led to other jobs but it's like you are a light-skinned black woman you are what is touted in and out of the black community as the archetype as the the acceptable negro light-skinned women whether they want to hear it or not simply don't need more exposure you're not underexposed if anything you're overexposed in black media
1: yeah it's just like i said i hate colorism episodes because they don't accomplish anything um and i feel like uh uh i think the show like makes a cop out by like ultimately like her having saying that line about you know it would have been so great for me to get this national thing to expose. You just took another wait, another Black woman's opportunity. I think that's a. I feel like that's a cop out for a lot of reasons, and I hate colorism episodes. They're dumb. Um, I think you can't examine them. I I don't think you can examine colorism properly in an episode. I think it either has to be a storyline in a season, or the or one of the thematic elements in your series. Throughout the run of this series, in order to be addressed properly, so like it's it it's I just bring it up because it's a thing that happened.
0: Hmm. I mean, yeah, I agree. It can't be fully resolved in one. I mean, I do think it could be resolved in one episode. I just don't think anyone's actually managed to do it yet. (laughs) Um, Mm. um, I I would be exhausted seeing the conversation in one season just because I feel like these conversations tend to become very, very circular. Um, Many times when you have the conversation about colorism, lighter skinned people will, like this model did, um, make it a matter of um, personal taste rather than, um, you know, an offset of white supremacy and a, a, a very ugly facet of the Black community and other communities of color. I will give the episode some credit because the model says a few things to Missy that were just out of line and out of order. Um, I like that they didn't try to make her as this perfect victim and Missy as this great villain. Like she ma- she makes some comment about how she um, Missy only has this job because she's fucking Cam's manager. Like like Missy's not his actual wife. Like she's just some jump off which was out of line and out of order. You know, she makes another comment about how she would beat Missy's ass except um she can't she she can't go to jail right now cuz she has a kid. And when Missy tries to talk to her about how um She didn't get the media representation that she needed when she was a girl growing up, and it was only women that looked like this model that she saw, and that there's still not representation for women who look like her. It goes in one ear and out the other, and the model's response is incredibly self-centered. And doesn't even touch on this greater social issue that Missy just brought up. The episode left a lot to be desired, but I'll just say that it's probably the better handled colorism episode that any of these shows have even attempted.
1: Oh, there's like a... Um, so then like later in season three, there's this... Uh, there is like um like a like Cam gets really like sentimental about this this abortion that like this girl that he hooked up in high school had. Like she had an abortion because like he was hooking up with her and she got pregnant, and then like he gets like really like weird and sentimental about it.
0: Yeah, I was I thought the episode was interesting. So like it was his high school girlfriend, she was his first love. It was also coach's daughter. Like, he gets high off some of Julius's weed and um, starts uh, having a conversation with this aborted embryo, which was weird. Um, I, I didn't want to see that. Like, that was very weird.
1: Um, it felt very like Adult Swim. Like, I was watching, yeah, like I was watching something off of Adult Swim for a minute.
0: Yeah, that's, that's the perfect way of describing it. <laughs> That's a perfect way of describing it. It was just very, very weird. So this is a season where M-Chuck, who'd always had questions about her father, whom she doesn't know, doesn't know who her father is. Um, They know who Cam's father is, but she never knew her father. Her mother never talks about him. In this season, she and Cam find out that their mother, Cassie, was gang raped when she was 15, and that one of those rapists is M-Chuck's father. This is this is powerful for a few reasons. Um, it talks about this happening in the community because I remember being a little girl and people would like laugh about girls who had a train ran on them, which is like literally girls being raped, right? And calling it that, calling it rape, I thought was really powerful. And in regards to the Cassie character, she never wanted to talk about who M. Chuck's father was. And when she did talk about it, it was just with resolve, like, this is something that happened and it was hurtful for me, but I'm moving past it. But once M-Chuck realized that her father was a rapist, it opened up a can of worms for her. Um, was she better off not knowing? Maybe. But this was obviously a very hard thing for Cassidy walking around with all of these. M-Chuck is, what, 28, 28 years old? That she's been walking around with this um, and knowing this truth about her daughter. That can't have been easy. Right. Um, So the season closes when M Chuck goes to see Pookie, a friend of Julius's about, you know, what happened with her conception and what happened with these boys who raped her mother. Ooh, this this is this is crazy for a lot of reasons, um, because um, Cam also goes to see his father. At the end of this season, he goes to see his father who's locked up in in a, a penitentiary. And And his father's played by Isaiah Washington. We learn that he's a man that Cassie kind of kept out of Cam's life because he just wasn't dependable. He was running around doing foolish, stupid, young things. And he's grown a lot, but he still has a lot of time left to serve.
1: Right. Um. So season three, good, bad, or basic? Season three was very good. Season three is very good. There's a lot of fun stuff that happens in season three. There's like a there's like a whole sex doll thing that's really funny with like Chen and Cassie. That does from this description does not sound funny. It is funny. Um there is like a wedding episode where they go to um a wedding back in Boston that is also very hilarious because <laughs> Cam somehow becomes, like, the center of, like, this wedding. There's also something, we didn't quite talk about it, but um, one of the big, another sort of big thing that happens in season three is um, Reggie's father calls Missy because he wants to get in touch with, like, Reggie. Um, and that is, uh, yikes, um, that sort of opens up a can of worms for, for Reggie. Um, and that's amazing to to watch it and look at um so there's there's a there's lots of good in, in season three
0: yeah season three was incredible let's jump into season four which will unfortunately be the last season of survivors remorse um i w- should go on record and mention that season four is run in such a way that it's clear the series creators and writers thought that they were going to be renewed for a fifth season so um this is one of those shows where you're going to watch the entirety of the show don't expect closure
1: right um which michael Malley talks about a little bit um he was like uh in an interview with like the undefeated um he talks about how he really was they really did expect that they were gonna get uh, fifth, because they were doing well and they were well reviewed, and Power had just come on to Stars, so they thought like they had the support of like that, uh, as well as some other stuff, and then they, um, and then they got the call that it was it was a no go.
0: So we jump into season four, and let's just jump into the Missy and Reggie and Reggie's father thing because Alex just brought it up. So first off when we were talking about boundaries earlier the first person that came to mind was actually Reggie's father. Listen, it is never okay to to go around your kid to their partner to try to recruit their partner as an ally so that you can reestablish a relationship with them. That's disrespectful of the person, their partner, their relationship. Like it's 50 shades of disrespectful. He goes, he targets Missy because he thinks that she will be the one to like soften his son up or change Reggie's mind. He could contact Reggie directly because Reggie's Cam's manager. His phone number isn't exactly secret, right? (laughs) But he goes to Missy, which was like, it's
1: kind of underhanded. Which Reggie is like very not pleased about because he's like if you ever contact my wife ever again <laughs> which is like actually one of the bigger sticking points for him is that he specifically he uh, Trent Trent Bond that's uh, Reggie's father's name one of his big things specifically was that Trent dragged missy into it which was like a big big no-no for him um among among also just not wanting to reconnect with his father but in the opener they do have this big confrontation in a diner it's interesting because i for the first time i think you see sort of the big fallout ron Rialco lee is like a really masterful actor you i think you get you also get like a real sense of how dangerous Reggie has the potential to be should he be pushed too far he does get like very very dark which which is which is just it's just it's great to watch Mm mm-hmm
0: Yeah, I felt like there were breadcrumbs of, like, angry Reggie, Um, like, when Adina showed back up in his life and stuff, but we get the full explosion when he sees his father after all these years. It's clear that he's not over a lot of that hurt and a lot of that anger, and he's not really trying to make an effort to be, because he's not trying to make an effort to have his father in his life, right? Um, Like, I'm not trying to forgive this dude, I'm not trying to be around this dude, so I actually don't have to get over anything, Trent Vaughn is was physically abusive to Reggie and his mother, and he's an alcoholic. And I'm not saying that, like, alcoholism excuses physical abuse. I know there are plenty of alcoholics who are not physically abusive to their families, but in this case, his character happens to be both things. And the way that he tried to contact Reggie was underhanded. Reggie calls him on his shit. He calls him on all the shit he did when Reggie was growing up, and really looks like he just wants to put this man's head through a wall. They get jumped in the diner parking lot, or Reggie gets jumped, and his dad jumps in to help him. And I thought the show was setting us up for an eventual reconciliation, but what it does, I think, is much more honest and much more real. He stays with them for a while, where he's recuperating, and then he kicks rocks, and Reggie doesn't even bother to find out where he is. He's like, good riddance. Which I thought was real. Like. (laughs) Not all relationships can be mended.
1: Poor Missy tries to, like, not fix it, but, like, fix Reggie. And it, it, she doesn't realize there's nothing to be fixed. It's just it's just one of those things that has to be broken. Because there's definitely, like, an instinct in her to, like, fix it and to, like, be like, we're going to heal and, like, do all this. And he's like, no. Like, just <laughs> drop it. <laughs> um, which she Mrs. doesn't really get. But it is, it is how it has to be, unfortunately.
0: I thought Missy's reaction was so great too. Like, like, it personally annoyed me as someone who has a tense relationship with my parents, but it's so real because very often when you, when people know that you have a bad relationship with your parents, they will, like if they have a good relationship with theirs, their instinct is to is to try to fix the situation. Especially in Missy's case, where she and Reggie are married, and you know he was talking about them having a child together, and you know she was very concerned about how his relationship with his father would affect um, his relationship with his own child, um, their future child. So her reactions were great, and they were they were loving and compassionate, but that's not what he needed. <laughs>
1: And he even tells her that he's like, I just need you to leave me alone. Um, but listen, I get it. She's I get why she's concerned, because it is it is concerning. He is like he's exhibiting behavior that she's like behavior that she does not recognize from him. So she is like, what is happening? Which is I think is super fair. Um, Like like he's getting up out of bed in the middle of the night to like box like she's just like what is going on (laughs) like so i i do empathize with her and like and and i feel for her in that in that way but it's it but it is clear that it's one of those things that it just it needs to be where it's at
0: right and the show does this with a couple of other things like you just gotta let sleeping dogs lie sometimes which i think is also a really like huge sigh of relief from your typical comedy or your typical drama or your typical sitcom where everything has to be resolved eventually. Sometimes shit doesn't get resolved and that's okay.
1: Also, season four, this is, I think, this is the season where Cassie meets Chen's parents.
0: Yes, it is. Which
1: is really fun.
0: (laughs) It is fun. Um, It definitely um, deals with a lot of the anti-blackness in the Asian community. Another thing that, that needed maybe more than one episode but I felt like unlike the colorism episode it wasn't as much of a cop-out because it, it definitely showed this to be you know largely an issue that's ingrained in a lot of Asian cultures and and mindsets but by the end of the episode Chen's family realizes like Cassie's better qualities that the fact that he's not getting any younger and and he's found love and, you know, it it squashes. So that was nice to see. And Chen's kind of like protectiveness, protectiveness of Cassie during interactions with his parents was also really great to see.
1: Cam proposes to Allison. That
0: was great. And that ring was big. Um, but I want to talk about like oh an earlier point I made and how like dating a celebrity, um, people treat you different. Like Cam's not just rich, he's famous. And people make all kinds of like assumptions about the ring. Like, oh, is that an apology ring, girl? Did he cheat on you? Is he beating your ass, girl? Is that why he gave you that ring? Like the idea that like she's not pregnant and he just proposed to her out of love is their very last guess. Which is crazy. Which
1: is crazy. <laughs>
0: she gets passed over for a promotion as well at work.
1: Right. Yeah. So season four brings like, I think more of like that struggle that we're talking about and that she's getting passed over for a promotion. And I think Allison herself brings it up in that, like when she's trying to like commiserate about this thing being passed over for this promotion, Cam sort of like, he's trying to be empathetic, but at the same time, he's just sort of like, whatever, because, I'm I have so much money anyway and I think his mindset is that like you and because like you're with me like you have so much money anyway like why do you care it it just makes for more issues and and struggle between them
0: right and I mean even with this promotion it's not just her thinking she was passed over she's outright told that she's passed over by someone less qualified because her boss or her immediate superior assumes that she's going to want to stop working eventually anyway and just be mrs cam calloway which is beyond
1: sexist
0: right
1: (laughs) right that's like um that's interesting that you have all these thoughts (laughs) um why i don't know but okay that's that's fine yeah like that's a really sexist thing to assume it's gross on a whole lot it's it's gross on a bunch of levels the fact that he would assume that she's gonna be married so like all of her sort of ambition is just finished
0: right which is which is wild because this is a person from our very first interaction with allison we know that She's not a a social climber. She's not trying to be a basketball wife, really. And she loves her job and takes it very, very seriously. Um, The idea that a person's entire personality will change (laughs) when they may marry someone is, is deeply problematic, but that's what it was. And, you know, in this season, in the tale, and we were dealing with issues like, cam possibly getting signed to another team and would allison want to move with him or not and you know the discussions that they haven't had that they need to have
1: right so so something that mike o'malley talks about um in terms of like the series about like a larger sort of uh, theme of the series is that you know it's called survivor's remorse for the sake of like obviously this the thing that's in front of your face which is that um the thing in front of your face which is that cam has like uh been able to get his family out of this um situation in terms of of finances and and in poverty like and they're all rich but he says there's like a sort of deeper thing in terms of like each character is actually having their own bout of, like, survivor's remorse in in an area of their life. So with Cassie, it is, like, surviving, having survivor's remorse in terms of having this traumatic thing happen to her, and she's she's fine. Um, For M. Chuck, it's about sort of surviving Cassie in terms of her childhood. Um, And also... In terms of her childhood, and also um, uh, just everything for Reggie, it's it's his father. Um, so everyone's going through this through this thing, and and um, it just sort of. So it, I guess it's just it's hard, um, and you empathize with all the characters because you understand like why M. Chuck is like uh sort of coming to that place uh because of this thing and she violates but in it you know she violates her mom's trust and and there are no easy answers there are no good or bad actors and and um that's what makes it that's what makes the show really good
0: mm-hmm. yeah I mean it's it's so well done and Chen being Chen the first thing he says like once he you know like almost immediately is i'm here for you um which i thought was so beautiful because you know she cassie's kind of like turning her head looking at him with like dread when m chuck drops his damn bomb um but chen is a solid guy he's a good guy you know they're gonna go the distance too but at the end of the season like Cassie does finally confront M. M Chuck when she finds a paper that she wrote for her writing class or her English class talking about her mother's rape. And she's like, yo, you really got to stop talking about this. (laughs) Um, You got to stop talking about my trauma, Um, which, you know, it is it plays a role in M. Chuck's own personal trauma as well. But Cassie doesn't want to be exposed like that. At this point, they know that um who your brother is, and they'll know who you, they'll know the mother that you're talking about. And she doesn't want strangers feeling sorry for her when she's it it the show makes it clear that she's in a point in her life finally when she's started to move past that trauma and that um M Chuck, you know, a processing it now is only making Cassie relive some of the trauma.
1: right. Season four, I think the last episode is "Answers and Questions." Uh, two major things happen: um,
0: the the Cassie confronting M. Chuck that I just talked about, and then Cam and Reggie's real estate deal.
1: Oh yes, this re- this real estate deal. Um, yes, so Reggie cuts Reggie ultimately cuts Cam out of this real estate deal. I think in the end. Um no Cam rejected it. He said
0: he wasn't oh. gonna do it and he didn't want Reggie to do it either. But Missy's like, let's do it without him, because I already just begged my father for my trust fund. <laughs>
1: um right. So so they they do it anyway. Um effectively cutting Cam out. And that's how it ends. Um like so once again, there's this interview with the undefeated where Michael Malley talks about like the direction he would have taken the series in because like he had already been sort of plotting out um because he was a showrunner and he was already sort of working out what was gonna happen and uh, it's just it's very bittersweet because reggie and like missy were gonna get pregnant and and for cassie and chen he was gonna like continue to explore this idea of like what happens if What happens if, like, Cassie raises sort of children under, like, in, like, this, in, like, her life now that, like, she's in a super healthy environment and, like, what sort of, like, resentment does that, like, feed into her, like, kids currently in terms of, like, this one child having everything that they didn't and all these sort of interesting ideas that he had, like, to explore and we'll just, we'll never get to
0: them. I would have really liked to see that. I really would have liked to see that. Um, We'll never know, but I feel like there were a lot of strings left um, untied, a lot of loose threads. I enjoyed the show um, for as long as, as you know, it lasted. I only watched it for the first time um, when we, when Alex and I discussed doing this lights camera action season. And honestly, it's like, top tier um i would watch this again like just for recreational purposes
1: (laughs) yeah um so once again i didn't particularly do like a a favorite episodes because the series is short there it's four seasons 30 minute episodes uh 10 episodes each season with the last one being also 10 episodes i think it's a really short watch i think you need to go out and watch it Go yeah, out. it's watch, only I
0: 36 think, episodes. You're fine.
1: You're fine. Um, it's it's one of the less sort of like intensive ones. And I I think um it's really it's good and everyone should should take a look at it.
0: I think the beauty of this show for me is that how it dealt with a lot of intense um social intercommunal and intra community issues without making me feel way down if that makes sense like I didn't feel like uh this heavy load after each episode like whew, I just ran a marathon that was a really intense conversation like so you could roll from one episode to the next really easily I think I binge watched this show over the course of uh two or three days and it was not it was it was no big deal um season four was excellent just like all the other seasons that preceded it what about you Alex was a good bad or basic
1: It was good. This is an excellent show. I love this. This is a good show. I like this show. I love, like I said, I'm not a fan of the the shows that are super talky, but um, that style of, like, writing. But I think this show is exceptional. I think the performances are very exceptional. This is a really strong cast. Um, And I think it's also cool uh, for stuff that I stated in the beginning. This is one of LeBron James's like, First, projects from his production company, and also LeBron James was very involved in this show. Um, that's something else that Michael Malley talks about. Um, LeBron, like, would visit set, LeBron had lots of notes <laughs> about storylines. Um, LeBron had lots of thoughts about storylines, he had lots of thoughts about the characters. So, knowing that he had that sort of so for me, like, that's really interesting knowing that he uh in terms of like his level of involvement, knowing that there was so much that came from him. Uh for just as a creator and someone who's like a nerd about this stuff, that's super interesting to me, uh, to watch the show and think of it from that vantage point as well. Yeah. And then also, yeah, it's just like a really good show. And there you have it, folks. This is everything that we think made Survivor's Remorse good, bad, basic and surprisingly insightful. If you'd like to watch or relive this series, Survivor's Remorse is currently streaming over at stars.com. On Hulu, With um, you can get it on Hulu with the Stars add-on, as well as on Amazon Prime. Leave your comments below and let us know what you thought of this series. If you're a patron on our top two tiers, be sure to check out GBB's Survivor's Remorse Spotify playlist. If you've enjoyed this episode, leave us a review on your preferred podcast streaming platform and share it with your friends
0: tune in next week when alex and i will be discussing the ctv's teen dramedy instant star the series can be watched in its entirety on the instant star youtube channel and our episode goes live next thursday in the meantime our top tier patrons can tune in for another movie review where we'll be discussing the holiday classic the preacher's wife if you'd like to watch or relive the film the Preacher's Wife is currently streaming on Hulu with the live TV add-on.
1: Em and I will be releasing a holiday music video retrospective stacked with our favorite holiday-themed videos next week on Christmas Day. Though MVRs are usually a bonus for top-tier patients only, this one will be available for all our patrons as a special holiday gift from us to you. So be sure to tune in for this auditory stocking stuffer.
0: We want to wish a happy Hanukkah and Merry Christmas to those whom celebrate and a very joyous and peaceful holiday season to all. Follow The Good, The Bad, The Basic on all major podcast platforms to listen to our regular weekly episodes on the go. If you love this sort of content and want more, become a show producer and patron on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com forward slash Good Bad Basic. Your support allows us to keep bringing you our regular weekly episodes, as well as exclusive bonus material.
1: Be sure to follow us at Good Bad Basic Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And of course, follow our SoundCloud page, The Good, The Bad, The Basic, where all of our social media links are listed. Until next time. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone.